I watched soundtrack number two and I dropped it in three episodes even though there is a total of six. Yeah. Hi, I'm Monique. I am the host of Off Life Purple Art Podcast, where I talk to you about K-dramas, C-dramas, BTS, and whatever else I want to talk about. I want to talk about Soundtrack 2 for a minute. I was really hopeful for this series, and I'm going to start off the podcast by listing the positives, because I have a feeling I'm going to get really negative in this, and I don't really like doing negative reviews, but there's just something about this show that really disappointed me. I did not watch soundtrack number one, so it's like a serialized show, so I'm guessing every season will star different characters and different romance, and I get the basic premise of it is basically chronicling a relationship through hardships and how couples are able to overcome that. So I did go into soundtrack number two expecting that there was going to be some bumps along the way, that the couple would be at odds. Uh, that's what was given in like the teaser uh, media type trailers and things of that nature and I do love music based romance I'm a huge music lover I love romance stories kind of the reason why I have this podcast and when you mesh those two mediums together it's like a match made in heaven for me so I am more likely to give grace to romantic comedies or romantic stories that have element of music intertwined in it. I love it so much I even wrote a book about uh, romance and centered music as like the primary um, linchpin to that romance as well. That's how much I adore it. So I came into the show with the best of intentions. I will start off by saying that the music itself in the first three episodes that I did watch are, are actually really really nice. Like there is three characters. We have the main leads, the male and female lead, who are consistently at odds at one another. Um, and then we have the third lead, which is like the second male lead who comes in and he's this young artist that's up and coming. And the main uh, lead character, I think Ji Sun Ho, he wanted to get him to sign to his um, production company. So he has like a uh, his own um, creator type uh, academy. So he features influencers, specifically YouTube content creators. And his company is really huge and it's something that's very coveted for any uh, potential influencer. And he just happens to discover this uh, male leads music. And the music is actually really good. Like, I, I loved it. And even the scoring of the show is very pretty and dreamlike and gorgeous. I'll also say the cinematography that for the show is also really warm and heartfelt. So there's a lot of sincerity in how the show is shot. It genuinely feels like a hug, which is probably one of the highest compliments I can give to the show so there's definitely a lot of money being spent and it's not surprising to me because I believe this is a Disney Plus exclusive show it even though I'm not promoting um, Disney Plus streaming services I'm not I'm just saying that I think it's exclusive to that platform but uh, it, it's very very well shot and filmed it's very sleek and 
it is inviting at first glance, which is what kept me in for the first three episodes. In addition to that, the two leads that I keep talking about are beautiful. I have to say, of uh, Steve Noah, uh, the main male lead, there is something about his face that is just like classic Hollywood handsome, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know if it's the high cheekbones. I don't know if it's like the prominent prominent structure of his nose. I think his nose is beautiful and that's such a weird thing for me to say because I could tell you one thing I don't notice about people is their noses. I, I, I When I'm looking at people and what I find attractive it's not specifically facial features. It's typically the whole package and their charisma and how they present themselves. I do have a thing for height because I am a tall woman myself but uh, usually it's a lot more than just physical characteristics but he has a, a really beautiful prominent nose and I don't know there's just something about the way that he is filmed and like how like the sun will hit like his jawline like he's just a captivating person to look at so I'm not surprised to know that his background includes modeling in addition to acting and the actress is no slouch either uh, I believe um, she is really really beautiful as well and there are some editorials I have seen of the two of them together so they present as a beautiful front so that's all the positives uh, going into the negatives and why I could not stick this show out even though it's only six episodes I could only stomach three is I have never seen such a huge chemistry vacuum and chemistry is like a huge point for me. I'll take you an, I'll give you an example. I have been documenting a lot of my demons so far on my channel. I have several podcast episodes about it already. And I'll even be honest, in my first impressions video of my demon, one of the few critiques I had the show was that I wasn't sure about the chemistry of Dohi and of Guwan, the main characters, right? I knew that I loved Song Kang. I know that he was capable of doing romance, even though I saw so much criticisms towards him as an actor and specifically how he is in romantic comedies or romantic stories because he has been unfortunately locked into some shows that have either generated a lot of controversy or the shows just weren't critically acclaimed. And somehow people were always finding the fault that it was Song Kang's acting and not necessarily the scripts or the characters themselves as presented, right? But I saw the potential in Song Kang and I knew that he can bring chemistry and I was like, you know what? Sometimes a first episode, it's going to be a little awkward. I always know that with a lot of productions, the actors don't necessarily have a good feel for one another yet. They might have met prior, they've done chemistry testing, you know, they've done uh, auditions in front of casting directors, etc, etc. But actors typically don't really gel as well in serialized shows until you give it a few episodes. Usually there's a few months that have spanned between production and then you get a more feel for characters and the chemistry can grow. Sometimes actors just have that magic, that lightning in a bottle where they just instantaneously when they first come into frame you as an audience member are like captivated because you can just feel that energy that's scorching off the screen. I love chemistry like that but it's very hard to find that in a lot of productions in general so I give grace but I know chemistry when I see it. I know I know it when I feel it 
and I can give grace to one episode not having chemistry, but three episodes in total, and there's zero chemistry to be found. And yet, there's only six episodes in total to tell me a love story, I'm not gonna be very pleased. And that was a, one of the big things in this show in particular and these two leads. They look gorgeous together. It should have all the beats of intense passion. And I think one of the problems was actually the female lead character. I found her to be insufferable. And I understood what they were trying to bring across with this um, with this mini story is that how it's presented is she is very realistic. She's not a dreamer in a sense. She's very much based in reality. She's a piano major and obviously has a lot of artistic passion and love for music. But because of reality and the show is um, set in present day. So obviously a big commentary piece is, you know, um, the fact that the economy is not great, a lot of people are struggling to make ends meet, and basic necessities and even be able to pay for your apartment or your residence and rent is just out of control. I'm not specific, I don't know the specifics in Korea, but I know globally right now, we're all going through it, right? So that was one of the key pieces of her character is that she has this boyfriend, the main lead, and he's more of a dreamer type. He works, he um, looks like he's working in like a shipping factory, and she does odd jobs as well. And they're both studying and they're both are having a hard time, but he's a dreamer. And in the past, he was always on the mind frame that I want to be a content creator and I want to create YouTube videos. And one of the things that he was playing around with was like slime. You know the slime like the little jelly consistency and you can like make different videos like kind of go into ASMR a little bit play with textures and that type of thing and he believed in his dream despite that he was struggling he still had the central belief that everything is going to work out and that he's going to have his dream be achieved and he wanted you know his girlfriend the male uh, the female lead to kind of support him in that and she was consistently talking him down it's, and it was essentially her saying why can't you just grow the hell up? Like, come face reality with the rest of us. You're playing around with slime. You don't think this is like childish? You don't think it's foolish? And I'm thinking to myself, you're supposed to be selling the romance, but it's telling the story both in present day when they have obviously become exes. And through chance, circumstance, um, the male lead is now extremely successful, extremely wealthy, has his own production company. You know, he now scouts for content creators for YouTube. He's doing really, really well. And she is still struggling and obviously is very bitter about that, which is totally understandable. And that in itself should already have you predisposed to rooting for the female lead, right? They meet and she comes off really vitriolic towards him. He puts out an ad, um, his friend puts out an ad for him basically saying he needs a piano instructor because he also has a love of music. And despite his success, he's having a lot of medical problems, specifically tinnitus, induced by stress because his success does come with um, some drawbacks, right? And he has a lot of stress and it's untreated and one of the treatment paths is for him to de-stress and to kind of focus on a hobby of some sort to kind of bring him down, right? And that was a recommendation by his physician. So his friend who works alongside him, I believe his assistant, comes up with the idea, yeah, maybe she should get back into piano. Let's hire you a piano teacher. 
and she happens to be working a lot of odd jobs, finds the ad, ends up at his residence, and then they meet again after a long period of time, obviously. And she is so sarcastic and eye-rolly and just overall insufferable that I was led to believe, okay, they must have had a really terrible breakup and they must have been really nasty and cruel towards one another to build up to that. And then through the, fast, um, the flashbacks that we're seeing, all you continue to see is him being extremely supportive towards her and continue to be a dreamer and her just getting irritated and irked by his presence. And it just seems like it's like two people that are completely mismatched who have completely different ideologies in life. And you would think, okay, I can understand writers kind of writing that angle, but then Shouldn't then the relationship be then fueled by just this unexplainable passion because they're both physically attracted to each other because they're both really attractive people, right? But it's not that. Like, I don't get the sense that she's attracted to him. I don't get the sense that she was charmed by him by any stretch of the means. And I don't really understand the pull as to why he would be interested in her. And then we go back to present day and we meet the third character who is going to be, you know, the second male lead who creates the love triangle and she sparks with him right away because they happen to do like an odd job together and sure enough he's attracted to her wants her number whatever and then they meet all together at the male leads place because obviously the male lead had scouted the second male lead because of his talent online and it becomes a thing and I'm just like I don't understand what I'm supposed to root for here like the narrative of the storyline shows that it wants the two leads to get back together but I'm seeing absolutely no chemistry. The character consistently comes off really irritable and whiny and just overall annoying and then the male lead is consistently you know trying to bite back at her but is super obsessed with her still after this many years despite the fact that there's little to no chemistry between them and the first three episodes I saw personally and it just kind of left me kind of flabbergasted because I've heard such great reviews about soundtrack one and about this current soundtrack two and it just left me really disappointed and disillusioned and to be honest I had a sneak peek of episode four didn't watch all of it I it would be me lying to say I even watched a quarter of the fourth episode and it was like more of the same she was still so annoying <laughs> and I just I don't like that I am always in the corner of the female lead character like I always want to root for the woman in the scenario and I could see like the archetype that they're trying to draw from her and I don't know if it's a writing thing or if it's the actress I'm not really familiar with her work and I'm not saying that she's not serviceable, but just within the context of this show, I feel like how the character is presented to us, there's really nothing that is really charming about her. And it makes it hard for me to understand why he would still be in love with her after all this time. And all the flashbacks that we were given in the first three episodes did not convince me at all of this love that is worth fighting for, despite their many differences. And maybe I could buy into it if there was like this passionate chemistry that was on a purely physical level that they just couldn't let go despite the fact that their personalities clashed so much but there wasn't even that <sighs> so that was a really, really long rant I didn't mean I, I didn't think I was gonna 
get into that much detail, but it was just so frustrating to me. And because I wanted to see this show work out for me, because it has all the bases of what I would want in a romance story, but it didn't. And with six episodes, I feel like you should be able to sell me in less than three episodes. You know what I mean? Like, I, we're, we're rooting for a romance here. You're giving us six episodes and three episodes in. I'm like, I don't understand why either of these people want to be in the same room, much less want to rekindle romance with one another. So it that's just me. If you disagree, if you made it all the way through this rant, I'm impressed. But if you disagree, if you've watched this show or you've watched Soundtrack 1 and you can maybe clue me in on what I'm missing here, I'd appreciate that in the comments section. But I'm going to leave it at that for today's episode for Soundtrack number 2. Really disappointed. It's actually a show I really wanted to get into, but eh. Three episodes, I tried. There's a lot of K-dramas and a lot of C-dramas I gotta watch, so... I gotta cut ruthlessly, right? I think three episodes is very generous. Almost going into four, you know? Anyways, if you are a lover of K-dramas, C-dramas, uh, please share with your friends. If you're watching via YouTube, I appreciate you so much. Really, really appreciate you. And if you're listening via Spotify, I love you as well. Until next one, bye!